0: It's time!
1: It's showtime. Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on... Why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day to join the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, We went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon uh, just tr- uh, trade talks just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or three o'clock in the morning there's always going to be fantasy football talk whether it's redraft whether it's dynasty i've joined a couple leagues with the patreon members and it's the same thing even in even while we're drafting we're still shooting ideas at each other and if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of Pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family.
0: What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast. On this week's show, we're going to talk about some underrated Dynasty assets and It is lying season, but I'm never lying to you when I tell you this next man is the man of the hour and the man with the power. Jerry Sinclair, what's going on, buddy?
2: Mr. Young, I am having an excellent day. I get to sit here. I get to talk to you. Didn't get the chance last week. Now the universe is complete.
0: How are you? Uh, You know, oral's good. Oral surgery's bad. Write that down. But I want to thank you and Jordan for holding it down. I felt super bad. Jordan is an amazing guest and does amazing work over at McNamara Dynasty on Twitter. You can follow him and all the good stuff that he does. Uh, I did manage to jump on later in the week to do a bonus show. And it was the Scott Fishbowl giveaway show. Now in all transparency, we are going to give away the Scott Fishbowl show, but you're going to have to wait just 24 deer hours. So here's what happened. Jerry, you know, I coach baseball. Yep. Uh, our head coach had something come up. I had to coach practice. So I did not have time. We were recording this at 10 p.m., but tomorrow night, live at also 10 p.m., I will be here, and not only will we do the wheel-o names for the Scott Fishbowl spot, I'll give you another buy. And last week, I had another stone-cold, dirt-cheap buy of the week. I'll try to come up with another one this week. So... Going to get into the body of the show, but real quick, I want to cover what we've been doing here at the DWZ. First of all, Dallas with guests. He's had guests two weeks in a row. Myself included. It. Jerry included. He is doing first-year forecasting for Dynasty Rookies by division. Uh, I think we have done. You were on the NFC North division this past Monday. Indeed, an absolute Banger desert, desert land of talent. But yeah, it, it is a barren wasteland for rookies, unless you happen to be in Detroit with Jameson Williams. A little bit, little bit of Green Bay. The week before, he did the AFC East. Uh, a little James Cook talk. Uh, was it Tyron Tyquan Thornton with yep. the with the Patriots? Uh, and our boys Jesse, Chad, and Mike have been killing the Dynasty War Games. Uh, we're here, of course, and and our pal Kyle. I want you to know that our pal Kyle will be back very soon. He doesn't want to half-ass it. He wants to whole-ass it, and as a guy who's had a job that's been kicking his whole ass for the last couple of months, I can empathize with my man Kyle, but Kyle will be back. Luckily, Kyle hosts the redraft section of the Dynasty Warzone, so look for Kyle to return very soon, Uh, but Jerry I believe it's time, Jerry. Now, last week when I was out, did you and uh, Mr. McNamara, did you guys happen to do any good people bad tweets? We did not.
2: Uh, I actually haven't. I don't think I've seen any this week. I don't think I added you in
1: any.
0: Uh, you you didn't. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm if you if you haven't noticed, I'm trying to to buy time, but uh, I want to uh, I want to share one with you. We we have a really good patron. We have a lot of. We have over. We have a lot. We are like in the three digits, a lot of patrons. And one of our best patrons, one of our good guys, all of them are good guys and ladies. But uh, Steve, come through. He knew we were busy, Jerry. He came through with good people, bad tweets. Are you ready for good people, bad tweets? I hope so. All right. This is from Mr. David J. Galtieri. And I hope I pronounced that correctly. He is at Guru. Fantasy World, World no O, hold the O, so at Guru Fantasy World. Mr. Galtieri says Trevor Lawrence scored 216 fantasy points uh, on 1,077 snaps or 0.20 fantasy points per snap as a rookie. Trey Lance scored 66.92 fantasy points on 179 snaps or .37 fantasy points per snap. Almost doubling, doubling being in all caps, T-Laws per snap production. Lance, greater than Trevor Lawrence, and it isn't particularly close. Jerry, I'm going to let you take a swing at this one first. I always like to give you the uh, the right of first refusal, the honors, if you will, on this tweet. Now, what do you think about this, uh, this hashtag analysis? I just...
2: I think it's lazy. I mean, we're 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 just ignoring the amount of snaps. Yeah, you know, like like I get I I get it. And if you think Trey Lance is better than Trevor Lawrence, by all means, like I I have no beef with that. I just I, I think you're a little lazy when you're comparing the amount of snaps that Trevor Lawrence had versus the snaps that Trey Lance had. What do you got? I mean, that's just come on,
0: just be I, better. It's it it really is. I mean, we were all new fantasy content creators at some point i don't know how long mr galtieri's been in this racket but it feels like it's like day three day three uh of this it's it's not even good analysis you know it's it's sample size and you know if you want to dig deeper i mean i just literally read this tweet directly from our man steve and i will tell you i can think of the one broken play in particular where debo took it like 80 yards for a touchdown that, that alone is worth, what, 10? Eight, right, to, like, 10, eight to 10 of the, the, the 66 points on one play.
2: What if- I would say is if you want to make that argument, I think there are better arguments to be made than this t- ticky-tack sort of just just picking a stat out. So, I, I don't know. As as far as the bad tweets we've done, I, di- I don't hate it. I just – I don't love – I don't love the strategy. I think I, I, if we were in court, I would be upset at the lawyer, not at
0: the evidence. Th- this would be inadmissible. Yeah, it would be. It would be. It would be intimate. It would be um, uh, speculation. It would be hearsay. Man. Let me ask you a question. H- have you seen? We're going to talk about some lying season stuff here in just a minute. But have you seen anything out of Trey Lance to make you think he's setting the world on fire? No. I, I all all I hear, and I'm I'm going to borrow this from. Colin Cowherd, he was talking about on his show the other day, he's like, I always get very suspicious when when I feel like people are trying to sell me something. And he's like, as I listen to the 49ers coaches and the 49ers players, it feels like they're all trying to sell me on Trey Lance. And and that's kind of how I feel with with fantasy. I I think we want to believe in the athlete. I think we want to believe in the guy but I, I'm just not willing to just automatically assume I, if I told you that Jimmy Garoppolo was the starter on week one, would you be shocked?
2: no I, I to I think he is going to be I would be shocked if he wasn't truth
0: I mean and I know part of it is is the surgery like you know Jimmy Garoppolo went into business for himself which he should he you know got his shoulder cleaned up after the playoffs he was hurt played hurt. And that's another thing. That's another damning bit of evidence against Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, excuse me against Trey Lance, you know, he had a hurt finger, a bad shoulder, and yet they rolled him out there in the playoffs. You, you mean that, that Trey Lance wasn't better than hurt finger, hurt shoulder, Jimmy Garoppolo. It, it's pretty damning. Now I, I'm not going as far as to say, this is a Jordan love, scenario because Jordan Love isn't as talented as uh, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo clearly isn't as talented as Aaron Rodgers. But man, I'm starting to get that sneaking suspicion. And I I I hope David can convince people out there in the dynasty world that this is true. I would love to buy Trevor Lawrence. I wish he was on any other team besides Jacksonville, right? but if you're doing a startup today, who are you taking right now on the clock? Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance? Trevor Lawrence. It's, of- not, it's not even remotely close.
2: No.
0: I, I'm going to trade the, the tremendous upside of Trey Lance for the safer floor uh, of Trevor Lawrence all day long. Now, again, I don't dislike his uh, his end sentence that Trey Lance is better than Trevor Lawrence. I can see how you would get there. I just think the way that he went about it and the data that he used to back this up was pretty lazy.
2: Yeah, I I agree. It's not what the most it. egregious
0: one we've done. No, but yeah. I I, I'm with no. I am no, with no, you. No, no, no. It's by far, it's not even in the top 10, I don't believe. Yeah. But this is just our man Steve looking out for us, making sure we had a good person with a bad tweet. And that is brought to you by our patron starting Patreon 14, Jerry. It's weird. I check every, I I check every day. Like I should be on the clock. I'm not on the clock. (laughs) I think I'm on the clock, but I'm not on the clock. So let's, let's let's do a little, a little
2: spoiler for the people. So it's it's English premier league soccer esque. Now I
0: am not with hold on with a Memphis loser leaves town match element to this as well. Patron 14.
2: So I am not, I don't know the specifics of how the premier league works other than I know if you're in last, you get relegated. And one of the lower conferences, leagues. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, this is where
0: this is, this where, is, this is this America. Is, we we, we Mur- Mur- football we, here. We're America. America, America. Well, this, this is where we're taking the finer points of the, the the highfalutin shooting, you know, high society English Premier League, and we miss it. We mix it in with some good old fashioned pro wrestling. And in pro wrestling, if me and you had an issue, Jerry, we would put our careers on the line, or it'd oh, just yeah. be a good, it'd be a good way to take a vacation. Loser leaves town match. If you're the loser, you leave. So at the end of the season, whoever's in 12th place in this league, pack your shit because you're gone, and another patron will step in to take over that team. Loser leaves town, relegation, whatever you want to call it. That's just some of the fun. On top of the group chat, when I literally logged in to do this podcast you tonight, we had 69 nice messages from the group chat. They're rocking. It's, it's the dead season. And like in half a day, 69 messages. The group chat's rocking, talking a lot of Dynasty, talking trades, and uh, be doing bonus podcasts. I'm going to do a 10 minutes with Memphis tomorrow, as well as the uh, Scott Fishbowl giveaway. So we got that going. And uh, it's all over at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Welcome to a couple of new members last week, and there's plenty of room for you as well. Jerry, where can they find it? Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty war zone, baby. You, you, you heard the man right there. So, Jerry, what do you want to do? You want to get in the lion season first, or you want to talk about undervalued players first?
2: Let's talk lion season. That
3: sounds right. more
0: fun. All right. So uh, th- this is the time of the year where OTAs, and soon to be uh, in July, we'll be talking camp. You know, camp news is my favorite news, but right now, uh Najee Harris showed up at 244 pounds, up from his plain weight of 230 from last year. What does that make you think about a guy that I think we both have in our top three at the running back position in a startup? What do you think when a guy puts on was about seven percent uh body weight? Okay. So the whole gaining
2: weight, muscle mass, blah, 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 blah. Is not going to mean the same to me as it means to you. Here's what it means to me. Nothing. I don't care. Najee Harris didn't move. I Until I see him look like Eddie Lacy, I'm not going to think he's Eddie Lacy. I just, I, I really don't. And even at 230, did Najee Harris look like he was a big running back? No, because my man fills it out like a Greek sculptor. Like it's... He he looks great doing it, so I'm I'm not gonna judge it. I don't. I saw it and I swiped it to the left and removed it, and I never thought about it again until you mentioned it right here. I didn't think about selling them, and I got a shitload of Najee Harris, and I will continue to hold on to those Najee Harris because it doesn't mean anything to me. So if I'm wrong in that aspect, as a person who has committed their life to fitness, Randall, and has done a great job cleaning his garage gym, I will just say, um, what is your take on it?
0: It, it means nothing. Okay. First of all, was Najee ever a speed merchant? Was was he ever to be confused with the likes of even Brees Hall, who ran like, what, a 4-4? That's not Najee's game. It, it, his, his game is catching a lot of passes, getting the majority of the work, being a bell cow. Um, I don't love it. I, I want to see him in camp. I mean, 244 in OTAs versus... 2.35 in camp means nothing. Um, now, if he comes in, I, I saw a video of him and A.J. Brown on Twitter. He didn't look fluffy. You know, I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I take it with a grain of salt. I want to see what he, you know, look. I, as long as he doesn't go full Kelvin Benjamin, I, I'm good with it. Never go full Kelvin no. Benjamin. Um, that was one story. Another story that come out is uh, like basically it's holdout season. So Deontay Johnson, so we've heard for the last, what, month-ish? I guess before the draft because A.J. Brown was lumped into that. Guys like A.J. Brown, Terry McLaren, and now Deontay Johnson, those guys going into year four that are contract eligible are not showing up to camp. So we're going to keep it in Pittsburgh, but we're going to pivot to their wide receiver one versus their RB one. Does this give you any concern with it being OTAs? And, and and how deep into the season, from a dynasty or even a redraft perspective, before you start to get a little a uh, little nervous?
2: I'm I'm not really going to be nervous unless we're getting into the regular season. I'm really not. I I, I um, if if he wants his money, he's got to show it this year. Like he's not in line to get a max contract. I, I don't think I'm crazy in in, in assuming that. Like I don't think he's going to get Stefan Diggs' money on the open market. I mean, he's probably uh, going to get a hair more than like DJ Chark did. He's going to get sort of like a, like a, what a Juju did. And can I
0: he get that. Christian Kirk money?
2: I mean, listen, Christian Kirk shouldn't have gotten well, Christian Kirk money, but yes, touche.
0: But I think that's the level. I think somewhere between Christian Kirk and what Tyreek Hill and Devonte Adams got is where the truth's going to lie for a lot of these guys.
2: Yeah, but, it, but if, he, if he plays and he even does what he has done. I think he's in line for a ton of money. I think he's in he's in line for, for more than what Christian Kirk can do. So I I I believe he is going to play and I think the team's not gonna be in the worst situation. I mean if 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 my man does sit out, oh my god, like eh.
0: the the good thing about a lot of these guys, especially Terry McLaren and Deontay Johnson. Players can no longer hold out, get fined, and then the team give that fine money back. That's no yeah. longer that's no longer the case. So Terry McLaren and Deontay Johnson being later round picks, I think second and third round, maybe they were both third round, they don't have that that first round wide receiver bread to, to sit back and, and and wait, you know, for camp. What would make me concerned, just because we've seen it so many times, guys hold out, or in this case in 2022, they hold in they show up for camp, but they don't participate in drills or routes or anything like that. That's when I get nervous. Cause it feels like those guys that get a late start to the start of camp, feels like they always tweak something, whether it's a calf, a hammy, a groin, and then that tends to linger the rest of the year. So that's the area of time where I would get concerned if they're not there for like the first week of, of camp. So a couple of Steelers, but let's go to – we all play Superflex. Jerry, you love Superflex? I do. I love I love Superflex, and I'm going to make this a two-for-one. I'm going to give you a news story, and I'm going to mix in one of my value guys. You ready? Yeah. So it came out of Saints camp that Jameis Winston was walking with a limp. And I don't mean like a professional gentleman of leisure walking with a limp. I mean like a guy who's coming off of an ACL – and not looking uh, super great in OTAs. What do you take from this bit of lying season? And uh, I-, I will go next.
2: Um, I am not going to look into it a ton because I feel like he has been out for a long time and he should be in relatively good shape by now. I. Uh, it seems like somebody is trying to manufacture news where maybe there's not news elsewhere and, and they can get their clicks that way. Listen, we're, we're going to see Jameis Winston In the preseason, I mean, this is a dude that while he has played a lot, he has also been a backup recently, and they are going to want to see what he can do. And that's a new offense with new pieces. We're going to see Jameis. I think it's going to be fine. I don't love it, but I I think he'll be okay. What do you got?
0: Well, for me, this a limp is noticeable. You're not faking a limp. You're as like a beat reporter or a a Twitter reporter. I guess is that a thing? Yeah, I think in 2022 it is. I think it, it is. It is
2: for sure. But yeah, it should be. I,
0: I don't think Jameis is the kind of guy who would fake a limp. So for me, this gives this is this is lying season. But it makes me nervous, and here's why: the Saints are all in on this season. They have clearly said we're going all in. And I've heard rumors and rumblings that this could be a destination for Baker Mayfield. So, Baker, I'm going to go ahead and give you one of my guys. I've mentioned Baker before. I I am trying to get Baker everywhere. You know, the news, We can. this is another piece of lying season news. Baker, uh, the Browns came out and said they will not cut Baker. They've got cap room. They can carry him. They can basically do with him what the Houston Texans did last year with Deshaun Watson, which is carry him on the roster and not start him. And I believe that there will be a team, and I think I now have three. If you're New Orleans and you went all in on Chris Olave, it's the last year of really that you have to carry Michael Thomas. The NFC with a good quarterback or even middle-of-the-road quarterback play is a conference where you can make the playoffs. It's not like the AFC where everybody's loaded right now what's to stop them from going after Baker and, 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 and killing Jameis? I, don't know. I
2: mean, I honestly, when you say it, it sort of makes me smile a little bit because I think he's going to be better. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I just, I, I, if, if Jameis Winston ends up losing that job, I don't think it's going to be because he's got a limp. I, I, listen, with the meticulous work that he does in the off season, I know you've seen him doing wonderful things on a medicine ball where he's, swinging from a bowling ball or whatever the hell he's got going on. Listen, those legs have got to be in immaculate shape, Randall. You don't do those kinds of workouts and I, then have a rolled ankle. I don't I, believe it. This is I, shenanigans.
0: I, I, I it is erroneous. Oh, here's the thing. Whether it's Baker or Jameis, I like both of these guys. Again, I don't. I, we need whoever is the cap guru for the New Orleans Saints. We need that person to help work on our national debt because somehow they're out here signing Jarvis Landry. They're out here signing the Honey Badger. They're always allegedly up against the cap. And somehow when you go to Spotrack and I look, they've got $8.5 million in cap room. How in the hell? How, who, that person is a wizard with numbers and they can make it happen. So, you know, it's one of those things. I am going to get Baker. It also came out, again, more lying season news around Baker. It came out so you know that Cleveland owes Baker $18.5 million this year as his fifth-year option number. Yep, came out that Carolina is willing to pick up $6 million of that. I've heard rumblings of, of Baker in Seattle. I think it's only a matter of time before Baker gets a gig, and I'm looking to add Baker in all my Superflex leagues once, not once, excuse me, before he signs with another squad. Because once he does, the cat's out of the bag. For so sure. I, I've already been sending out low-ball low Baker offers everywhere. I offered a good friend of the show, Tyler Gunther. I offered Tyler Gunther. He recently drafted Kenny Pickett in a Dynasty Superflex League we're in together. So I offered him Mitch Trubisky straight up for Baker. Now, he shot me down, but those are the kind of offers I'm throwing out there right now trying to scoop up Baker because – I've never been the Baker's biggest fan. Would you think that's a fair statement? I think that's pretty fair. But I still think Baker's one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the world. I agree. And I, th- I think that if he lands in the right spot, he could be very valuable for a team that's not likely to have a shot at a, a solid rookie in 2023. So I love Cheap Baker.
2: What about Jimmy G? Sort of sort of in the same boat. Now he's he's got a job currently, but it's the leash is short. So he's – he's teetering on that Baker sort of purgatory.
0: He, he's another guy that if you can catch a fellow GM slipping, especially if you're a contender, get Jimmy G. He's going to be starting for somebody at some point. It may be the trade deadline. Again, he had shoulder surgery back in February, and he's not going to be throwing the ball until July, which is you know about a month from now. So in my opinion, Jimmy G is going to be starting because – I don't think the – I still have it pulled up. San Francisco currently has $142,000 in salary cap. They cannot even pay their rookies, and that's why I looked at their salary cap because I remember hearing that the other day. They still don't have all their rookie class under contract because they can't afford to pay him. Moving Jimmy G clears up like 20 some million in cap, which you'd like to have to be able to get an additional maybe wide receiver or lineman or piece if you were to lose someone in San Francisco. So I think Jimmy G's not long for that team. Could be wrong, but I think he's going to wind up somewhere and I think he's going to wind up you know having he's not going to have value in that you're going to be able to sell him for a ton. Yeah. But but if people are giving him away, I'm I'm happy to to stash him on the back end of a roster and I'm not giving him away if he's my QB3 or 4, I'm happy to sit there and let him chill because yeah. he'll have moments where you could use him. And he's the the perfect kind to get along with Baker that if you have a couple of mobile quarterbacks or guys that are holding out like Kyler or like Lamar Jackson, that maybe they start making business decisions. I'd love to have that extra option, dirt cheap, just in case I need him. So so that's where I am at with Jimmy G. Again, I'm not breaking the bank. I'd like to give you a third for him, 2023 third. Because Jimmy G just feels like the kind of guy who's always going to get a gig.
2: I think that's fair. I mean, he, he's he's a proven winner, so I would say so.
0: All right, um, let's move in. You know, and we'll kind of continue to mix in some undervalued players, and I'll bring up news in between. You have i I'll give you my undervalued player from last week. You weren't here for my short last Thursday for last Friday's pod, but man, I'm I'm big on Austin Hooper, and I got thinking about this when I saw the reports. We'll kind of tie it into some some news. I know we end up returning to OTAs, but. Traylon Burks missed a good chunk of OTAs, not because he was injured, just because he wasn't, like, really physically ready, from what I gather. Bob Woods, 30 years old, tore an ACL in Week 10. What's to stop Austin Hooper from having a prominent role in this offense from a targets and a touchdown perspective? I mean, how Ryan Tannehill threw 21 TDs last year. Eight of them were to, to tight ends. What's to stop Austin Hooper from having like 800 yards, six TDs, and maybe 55, 60 catches. Not great, but a solid tight end one season. What's stopping him. And per fantasy pros, he's the tight end 28. So you weren't here last week for me to bounce that off of. What are your thoughts on my, uh, my low key love for Mr. Hooper?
2: I mean, I, one of the guys that I have, the third guy on my list was Robert Woods, just for sort of the same reason about Traylon Burke. So, just put a different person, put a different name in that offense. So I, I could totally see it. Just if, for all the reasons you said, really, and and he, and Robert Woods, sure as hell is not going off the board where Austin Hooper is, because I mean that guy, you you could wait until, until the time you're just firing away draft. I
0: couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine pushing the draft button on Logan Thomas in a dynasty over Austin Hooper. But the, per fantasy pros, that's the ADP I used. Per Fantasy Pros, people are doing that right now. Fantasy Pros experts are 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 pushing that button. Same on Bob Tanyan. At least at least at least you can make the argument for Bob Tanyan that he's getting the ball thrown to him by Aaron Rodgers, yeah. And, and the, the trust factor, and we're going to mix in a story with that as well. But I mean, sell me on those. And Gronk Gronk doesn't even have a job. I mean, yeah. there's one there waiting for him when he's ready. But you get my point. I mean, he's twenty. Yeah, but he's I right mean, 20 it's not going
2: to be till week seven when Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, Croc doesn't need to practice. He doesn't need to do any of that stuff. He's going to show up when he wants to show up. One of my guys was Robert Tanya too. So, but no, I I can totally see it because otherwise the other, the opposing argument to what we're saying is that Traylon Burks as a rookie who has not looked great, but I don't I don't want to over you know overblow that is going to come in and just. Steal the show and be the star and yada, 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 yada. I'm, on top of the fact that it's a, a run-first offense with Derrick Henry, who is an absolute superhuman freak. So I, I'm, I'm fine. I picked Robert Woods just because I feel like he is pretty eternally disrespected by myself included. But Austin Hooper is the even cheaper version of that and at a position of need. I like it, Randall. That's why you're good at this game. I'll give well, you some well, credit. It's, it's, When, when credit
0: is due. I'm not trying to throw that much shade at Traylon Burks. I'm just saying they had almost 3,000 yards. Right. They almost had yeah. 3,000 yards. I mean, there, there's plenty of meat on this bone for everybody to to enjoy uh, a taste here. If I were to tell you, I mean, it's like we almost forgot. And maybe it's because it was, it was 2019. But we forgot that in 13 games that year, he had 75 receptions, 787 yards, and six TDs. I know he didn't replicate that magic in in Cleveland with Baker, but Ryan Tannehill, I mean, I, I'm telling you, just the opportunity and the acquisition cost. You and I are in a tight end premium, must start too. I traded the 212 for Austin Hooper in that league. I feel like that's stealing, Jerry. Tell me if that's stealing and then tell me who you are considering a low-key value.
2: I mean, listen. Any tight end in that league is stealing, and if you wanted to send him send him Papa Jir-Jir's way, I would love to do it. Um, my guy, though, is a man who is a former first round rookie draft pick, and that is Sony Michelle. He's in Miami. He's got Chase Edmonds, who I, you know, I like the potential of Chase Edmonds. Don't get me wrong; I am one of his fanboys, but the NFL has never suggested that that man is going to get a heavy workload. It is just not built for what he does, and while he may look explosive and he may look good with every carry that he gets, the NFL just does not buy it. And Sony Michelle has always been around; he's always been a pain in the neck. But with the injury history of Chase Edmonds and the fact that he has never really been a workhorse, and Sony Michelle can get some work. I mean, he he has gotten work before, two-time Super Bowl champion, which is absolutely insane. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's had nearly a 1,000 yards in just about every one of his seasons, and he's free for the most part. So as far as, as one of your running backs is going to get hurt on your team. I, I I don't think I'm stretching when I say that. If you have played fantasy football for any stretch of time, your running back is going to hurt. Are you
0: better. trying to tell me and this listening audience that running backs in football get hurt?
2: It is an absolute atrocity, I know. It, listen, it would be absolutely wonderful if they didn't, and we would all be great at this game. Unfortunately, it's not 2005, and we can't rely on that anymore. But Sonny Michelle is the perfect guy that you can get for absolutely free and just plug and play until your guy gets better or you know, another high-ceiling guy emerges. He's never going to be the guy that when your running back gets hurt and he jumps in, he can win you the league. But he's... He's the boring vanilla ice cream flex player that cannot lose you a week if ever he's going to emerge. So, so Sony is a guy that I have a lot of shares of just because when it gets late, I'm just sort of stacking him, just because he's a running back. And, you yeah, know, I don't trust running backs, even the best of them.
3: Thoughts, sir?
0: Uh, I agree. So if you go back to last year, Sony Michelle, if you play in super deep leagues, Or if you were battling injuries coming down the stretch. So, Sony was, so we were just talking about the league that you and I are in with the two tight ends, must start two tight end premium. We also have to start 12 total positions in that league. And I went out and acquired Sony Michelle late. And from weeks 13 through 18, Sony Michelle was the RB9 over that six week sample. And the reason why I know that is I remember trading for him. And I remember as you were, you know, breaking down your reasons for loving him, I pulled up the data real quick and in regular PPR, no point per carry, nothing like that. He was the RB nine in that six week window. So for a third of the season, he really bailed you out if if you had like a Derrick Henry. If you had Derrick Henry last year, yeah, and you were able to get a, a Sony Michelle, if you had James Robinson, if you had Leonard Fournette. He was the kind of guy you could have went out and got dirt, dirt, super dirt cheap. And here's the thing. He's, he's just boring. We all, we, we're we all hoping for the, 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 the Chase Edmonds is going to do it. It's his time. I, I'm with you. He got paid first, but then there's Raheem Mostert. I know this out of those guys, and this is scary to say, but I would rank them on the old Memphis health-o-meter. As I would take Sony as the most healthy, followed by Edmonds, and then I damn sure don't trust me, Raheem Mostert. That dude's made out of glass. So for me, I mean, if your rookie draft hasn't went down yet, and you got like the three hundred eight, three hundred nine, do you want to throw that dart there? Especially if you're a contender, because that's where the three hundred eight, three hundred nine would be. You finishing the you know the top half of your league. I'd rather have a Sony Michelle. If and I'm contending,
2: we talked about this last week with Jordan. Um, fun fact he has more rushing yards in his career than Saquon Barkley, and they are of the same draft class. Granted, he's played less games, doesn't have as many passing yards, but an absolutely outrageous stat that I never would have guessed in a hundred
0: years. Jerry, people don't like facts. Nah. You have to understand that. They don't like statistics, you know, and, and they're going to say, well, it's because Saquon Barkley's been hurt. And I'm going to say, mm-hmm. exactly. He got me zero points in all of those games. Yeah, it it, 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 it's just safe to say that Sony Michelle has. uh, Would you say he's lived up to, exceeded, or met expectations in his career? Sony Michelle. You said, yeah, not. not well, I, I, it's clear to say that Saquon Barkley has not lived up yeah. to expectations. Oh, sorry, David is
2: shit about me in the chat, so I was just reading it as I was going. Um, well, you can't let the chat distract you. I, I would say, say he has not lived up to expectations. He was a first
0: round rookie pick. You, you don't think that so? I guess that's fair. He's like right there. I mean, I don't think he's been horrible. No, I mean, he hasn't. He's been like, uh,
2: a little bit worse than David Montgomery. David Montgomery just had a higher peak, but the rest of it has been a little worse than what Sony's been. I mean, I think I just looked at it; it's right around a thousand yards three out of the four years, which is not not what it's I would me, guess.
1: It's, it's meh. Yeah, he's like
2: the Clyde Edwards Hilaire of that draft.
0: He's he, he's just. For the record, I, mean, I was
2: 17 in 2005,
0: David. 17 old. and 2005. I, I don't even know how old I was then. I was older wow. than, than, than that. <laughs> so uh, my guy, and this may surprise some people, because I, I think the name people want to hear me say is Rashad Bateman. But, man, I am going out and I am kicking over rocks on Devin Duvernay. I think the Ravens like him. I think the Ravens are comfortable with him. I believe that he's going to get the opportunity. Yes, I do believe Rashad Bateman with first-round draft capital is going to get his opportunity. But, Jerry, as a guy who loved Marquise Brown, that being you, what are your thoughts on Devin Duvernay?
2: Um, I just liked Marquise Brown. I don't much like the situation. Uh, I have some just because I liked him as a prospect, and I haven't dropped him. He's probably just coming off the taxi now. I I don't hate it. I think it's fine to take a stab on it because I'm not the biggest Rashad Bateman guy. I really, I really think that man is about to disappoint so many redraft players who in about two months are really going to get into the fantasy thing and they're going to see the rankings and they're going to snag him. And then he's just going to be wide receiver 26 and they're going to have drafted him in the second round or the third round. And they're just going to lose their leagues. And I am so sorry about that Chad in accounting, but, it's just not – I am not going to have any Rashad Bateman at all. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll get the mud on my face. So I'm fine taking a shot like DuVernay just because I'm just not going to go down that hype train.
0: Let me ask you this. I don't remember what Rashad Bateman ran in the 40. I think it was like in the 4 or 5 range. Yeah, I think it was okay. It was is, is, is is he more likely to replace the Marquise Hollywood brown role – or would that be Devin Duvernay in his four three nine speed?
2: That would be Devin.
0: That's what I'm looking for, because who is more redundant to what Mark Andrews does? I mean, Mark Andrews, much like Travis Kelsey in Kansas City, is the number one wide receiving option for this team. So we know it's Mark Andrews. I, I, I'm with you. If, if I'm not a big best ball guy, but I couldn't imagine leaving a best ball draft without, without a late. Devin Duvernay this was like Duvernay is the kind of guy that's like got a week winning week or two in him this season and I don't think especially at acquisition costs you're going to get that out of Rashad Bateman I
2: think I I, I think the, the next guy that I'm going to mention I feel like is sort of in the same realm um, I don't know like listen Rashad Bateman is definitely a candidate to make me look the absolute stupidest you know what I mean like if, if he does end up hitting he's going to be very good and I'm going to have none of it, and I'm going to reap none of the benefits of that.
0: And oh, that for the great. record, he does have a four three nine 4-3-9-40 as well. Bateman did, yeah. Rashad Cole Nair I mean, Bateman. I mean, good at Minnesota. So I'm like, hey, you but. know, I I uh, I did not realize that he's six foot one, one ninety. Ran a four three nine. Now that was in that real super sketchy COVID combine season, but a four three nine is a four three nine, Jerry it is it I is i don't i don't, I don't, I don't make the rules. I mean. like
2: it, he could absolutely be a star a and, smash. I'm undersell- and, and i'm underselling him I, it's just my own personal choice i i am choosing not to believe that that offense is going to be conducive to somebody of that skill set so that's what i would say that but my guy is another one of those devin Duvernay-esque players in and i'm going to botch my man's name from atlanta ola olamide zakius you got a better pronunciation
0: out of that um, you got the last name right, Zacchaeus. We'll just go with Mr. Zacchaeus. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll that. I think it's Alamide, but I don't really know. Um, wide receiver two.
2: Like, granted, they drafted Jake London very high, so obviously they're going to like him. Kyle Pitts, very high, going to like him. You know, I I just think he is in place for to be able to get the ball. 50 or 60 times, which is sort of what I'm I'm talking about. I'm talking about later on guys with this. Um, I I could easily see an opportunity from where he's being drafted to way outperform that. So that, that, that's why I don't have anything crazy on him. He's just a guy that I feel like he was getting started in maybe your, your second flex spot, if you're in a little bit deeper of a league, a lot last year. And now he's just totally being ignored. So I, I think there was a real opportunity for him. You're never going to be able to trade him. Like he he's not going to be some star. It's always going to be Drake London. It's always going to be Kyle Pitts. He's one of those guys that you just have on your bench for three years, and every once in a while he makes your lineup. I think he's sort of a, a nice fit for that because his acquisition cost is like a nickel on the sidewalk, and you just you know you're 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 in you're in hard times, and you're like you know what today's the day I'm gonna pick that nickel up cuz you always pick a quarter up like it, it, you don't see a quarter and you leave the quarter i mean i don't know how you got it randy are you leaving the quarter
0: no i i am never i'm never ever never ever never ever going to be in a position in my life where i don't pick up money exactly now no, no i'm so, not so like he's
2: like a nickel but like it, maybe it's a little wet like if it's a wet quarter like i'm i'm still gonna pick it up if it's a You're wet not- nickel i'm I leaving did- the nickel
0: Please I would trudge please. through wishing wells if I could get away with it. Please don't. That is culturally unacceptable. I, I, I said if I could get away I said <laughs> if, if I could get away with it. Uh, another guy that I am looking to get after, and I know people aren't going to want to hear it, I still like Damian Harris. I think there's so much confusion and what have you with the Patriots' backfield. They brought in two more rookies uh obviously Rashad um uh Ramondre not Rashad I got Bateman yeah. on the mind uh uh Ramondre Stevenson but I still think this is Damian Harris's gig now he may only get half the touches and Stevenson may get 35 and James White's back there pilfering pilfering receptions but man I still like dirt cheap Damian Harris and the more the the big fantasy and dynasty people talk him down the more I want cheap shares. Uh, Again, I think I might be getting a one-year rental, but you cannot be deep enough at the running back position. I mean, you already said it. I want to have my studs. I want to have, you know, Eckler or Henry or obviously the young guns, you know, Swift and Harris and Brees Hall. We know I love Brees Hall. We want to have all these great young pieces. But... What do a lot of these guys have in common? Like Christian McCaffrey, like Derrick Henry, they're coming off injury. And it sure would be nice to have some solid depth in the in the backfield. So, just a guy that last year at this time I was paying a second for. And, Jerry, I think he's a guy right now you could probably get for a third. What what do you think Harris is going to cost me currently on the open market?
2: I mean, I think he's probably, he's probably still in the second range. But I'm, I'm going to pay that. And I'm going to lump – sort of two of the guys that I was thinking, because they're in the same category. It's, we're going to call this, for our Australian listeners, cunts nobody wants. And it's Damian Harris, it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it's Miles Sanders, it's these guys that have good situations with not tons of competition, and they're running backs. Like, are they going to be stars? No. Did you draft Miles Sanders and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to be there? Yes, you did. And you're not getting that, and that sucks. And welcome to Dynasty Fantasy Football, but they still have value. They can still help your team tremendously. It, 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 there, there is a role to play for these guys, and it, it's. It, I always go after these guys every single year. Just running backs that everybody hates, and they drop way too far down. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is he, he's got Ronald Jones. Like, listen, I know it's sexy to say, "Oh, Ronald Jones is going." Okay, Tampa Bay was a good offense. So moving to Kansas City didn't make him exponentially better. And Ronald Jones has never showed you a motherfucking thing in the history of his career, has he not? Like, you know, what, what have we ever seen from him? I mean, flashes. I think the term I would use is flashes. I've seen, yeah, of, of lightning that's 30 miles away and you don't get any of the rain because he's never going to be on your team. Ed Edwards Hilaire is going to get the opportunity. He's got two years. Say what you want. He's going to fall in rookie drafts, and if I can take him in the fifth round, I mean Zeke is another guy that's falling too far, but that's a different conversation because he's not cheap. Miles Sanders, he, if people hate C E H or hate Miles Sanders more than they even hate C E H, and he's got nothing for competition. Now, granted, that situation is not awesome for him. But if he plays, he's going to get 11, 1200 yards and you're going to get him in the fifth round or the sixth round of the startup. Like I, and he's going to get a role. And if he leaves Philadelphia, was the situation going to get worse? What like nine touches is uh, that's what he's getting now. That's what he got last year. So, so if he leaves, is it really going to get worse? I just, I can't imagine it is. I would bet if he leaves, it's actually a good thing. And I think he's actually going to get more touches than he did last year. Those are guys that I am going to scoop up on every startup that I do. Now, not Patreon 14, because I'm in the bottom division with you. And we're going to have absolute scraps to work with once that time comes. Um, but yeah, G- give me the running backs that everybody is talking about how much they hate him. Every single year, every single offseason, those running backs will change, and I will keep going for those guys because that's where the value is.
0: All right, I got one last guy for you. One last guy. Uh, It's going to be a bit of a homer pick, but it is Naheem Hines. Just a guy that, per our friends at the Dynasty trade calculator, you know what good friends of the show, the DTC is to Jerry and I, yep. um, known Izzy and, and JP for a long ass time, but the, the, the Naheem Hines' value is equivalent to the 310 per the DTC. Naheem Hines worth 1.3, the 310 worth 1.4 in their calculator. I will give you any third. I will give you, I will give you my third. 301 this year. I'll give you the 312 next year. I'll give you whatever. When you hear Chris Ballard, and you would have to find this probably on YouTube, maybe on Twitter, just listen to the way Chris Ballard talks about Naheem Hines. They talk about him the way that they talk about Jonathan. Like they literally talk about Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, Naheem Hines. This guy's played wide receiver in his past. Would would you consider Matt Ryan to be a check-down quarterback or a guy who tucks the ball and runs?
2: He's not going to be tucking it and running it.
0: He's as mobile as a bar stool. And he is going to – think about Naheem Hines a couple of years ago with Phillip Rivers. Not that Carson Wentz didn't check the ball down a bunch, but Matt Ryan is read one, read two, check down. And I think Naheem Hines could be used in the slot, especially if they don't re-sign T.Y. Hilton. I think if we look up at the end, remember maybe it was three or four years ago, James White had like an RB like one season, he finished as like the RB ten or twelve or fourteen, somewhere in that range.
2: Yeah, I was arguing against him a couple of weeks ago and you brought it up, I recall.
0: But 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 if if we look back a year from now, and that's the kind of season Naheem Hines, who is just 25 years old, runs a sub 4440. Uh, a plus-level athlete, isn't that the kind of guy you want to take a gamble on in an offense that's not great but good, an offense that has – I mean, look at all the passes, Corderell Patterson. Could you – I mean, Corderell Patterson last year finished as the RB9 in Atlanta, and I know that JT's there. I know that he is. But is, it, is it inconceivable to think that, that Naheem Hines could have a tremendous pass-catching role in this team? And be the kind of guy that you, whether it be injury, deep rosters, or some combination of both, you plug both guys into a lineup. I can see, I have a couple of leagues where I have Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. I'll put them both out there. I'll start JT as my running back and I'll flex Naheem Hines. There's going to be plenty of opportunities to do that, Jerry. I am not mad at you.
2: And the thing about Naheem Hines, which even if you don't ever want to rely on him, should anything happen to Jonathan Taylor, his value spikes, and even if it's for a week, you know I I'm I'm fine with it in that sense. I'm not a huge fan of relying on guys like him, but that said, I I am with you on the argument. I do think that there is a real possibility because you're not going to want to give Jonathan Taylor, you know, three hundred and 30 touches, right? Like, that's your – that's the backbone of what you guys got going on. Matt Ryan's not going to be there for a while. So, you're going to want Jonathan Taylor. You're going to want to keep him upright, and he is a position of high injury risk. So, you're going to want to give Hines the ball. I'm fine with it. I ain't mad at you, Randy.
0: Well, I mean, it's not like – I mean, Jonathan Taylor had a big season, but he only – only – only had 332 rush attempts. You know, it's it's not like he was overused. How many – let me ask you a quick trivia question, Jerry. Okay, love trivia. How many games into the 2021 season were the Indianapolis Colts before Jonathan Taylor had his first 20-rush game? So what week in the season did Jonathan Taylor, and all you listening at home and on the, the YouTube and Twitter – you you can say this to yourself. What game, numbers one through seventeen, what game did Jonathan Taylor actually have his first 20 rush game? Uh
2: I you're setting me up. I would have said week three. So I'm you're setting me up for it to be a lot later than that, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick with week three because that's what I thought initially.
0: It was week ten.
2: Jesus. He did
0: not have 20 rush attempts in any game until week 10 versus Jacksonville when he had 21. Now, he did have 32 against the Bills. That was the game where he had 185 yards and four tutties. Won a lot of weeks that week. Uh, 32 versus the Texans, 29 versus the Pats, 27, 20, and 15. So it feels like he he averaged 20 touches a game, but he really didn't. Um, did, did he have plenty? So there's plenty of opportunities for a guy like Naheem Hines to uh, to be more than valuable to you as a dynasty GM, as a, as an RB2 flex type in, in the right spot. I'd say more like an RB3 flex type, but I think you get my gist. Yeah. Jerry, you have one last guy to take this thing home? I do, and it's,
2: it's another guy that has, has been a name for a while, and then he's been hated on for a while, some deservedly. Don't get me, you know, don't get it twisted. Sammy Watkins, Randall. He's in Green Bay. He's got Aaron Rodgers. You got Christian Watson, who's having a little bit of trouble catching the ball in the offseason, if you are up in on that. Now, I'm not going to overblow that. I've said that four times this year, but it's the or this podcast, but it's the offseason, so you shouldn't take it. Um, either way, Sammy Watkins has got like seven years in the NFL. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to want to throw it to a wide receiver. that can get open. He's a highly talented guy, whether he has been, you know, as fantasy proficient as we would have liked when we drafted him at one Oh three in our rookie drafts is, you know, obviously that's not the case, but we're talking about, I'm, we're going to talk about the DTC, right? Friend, friends of the podcast. I have their startup uh, trade calculator going on right now. And I got so Sick of trying to find where Sammy Watkins is valued, then I'm just going to leave it right where it's at because I got sort of close. So Sammy Watkins is worth 2.6 in their trade calculator and the 20.01 is worth 2.9. So this dude is in the 20th round of a startup and is potentially Aaron Rodgers wide receiver one. If I can get something like that, like what in the absolute hell do you want? So I looked at the rookie trades and he's worth about the 212, 301. I don't know. That's a little spicy for me. But but as far as the startup rankings are concerned, if I can get Sammy Watkins in the 20th, in the 16th, thank you. Like I, I'll i take it because who who gives a damn about your 16th round pick or your 20th round pick? Half of them are going to get dropped. What do you got?
0: I, I- I mean, why not? That's what good, I'm co- good, good quarterback. Good lots, tamper, of, lots of touches, and you know that that ties. We'll, we'll wrap it up the way we started with a uh, lying season. Uh, this was shared with us by uh, our, our buddy Theo. Now Theo is a fellow content creator. You can find him at the OG Fantasy and Theo does work with our buddies over at the Goat District and over at Roto Underworld. Uh, Check out Theo's stuff. And he shared this with you and I, and it was from Andy Herman. I I don't know Andy, um, but he is the owner of the Pack Day Podcast, and he writes for all kinds of Packers-type things. And he said, Christian Watson had another drop against air in drills today. His hands have definitely been questionable. I don't think there's been a practice yet where he hasn't dropped at least one pass does it matter much? Probably not, but noteworthy at least. It's noteworthy and that Aaron Rodgers, much like Tom Brady, does not like to trust people who aren't where they're supposed to be and don't catch the ball. So if you had to tell me that for redraft, particularly redraft or deep in a in a best ball tourney, because you know Sammy Watkins is gonna win you a week, whether it's week one, week seven, week thirty, he's gonna win you a week. Do I want to know, have to guess which week I got to push the button on Sammy Watkins? Okay. No, but if you're playing in like a, what is it under? I don't do a lot of under underdog. I don't either. Best, best Ball Mania? Not really. My I don't like having my money tied up that long. I mean, I like yeah. Dynasty, which is why we have. Dynasty yeah, that's what right way. It, but it, but you, you, you said a mouthful. We we have plenty of good friends and neighbors. Again, like the goats that do that do best ball and they do it real well. So I, I do want to give a shout out to Mike in the. In the chat, he said Jamar Chase dropping balls from college QBs. Remember that hype? That is true, Mike. That is true. He couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't see the ball because it didn't have a stripe on it. But and Jamar he- Chase was the first wide receiver overall with a bullet in his draft class versus like wide receiver 15 in his. <laughs> so there, there are some apples to apples, but there also is some yeah. apples to pomegranates. Listen, it's, it's not, not, take, it's not but nothing, I, but, but it's, it's not fair. something. Yeah. It, it, and, and, and that's the way Mr. Herman ended that very well. Does it mean something? Probably not. But does it mean everything means something and something means nothing? But uh, Jerry, we're going to get out of here, man. I appreciate you jumping on super late with me, um, accommodating yet another baseball practice so I could go be baseball dad. Now, Jerry's going to be tired tomorrow because of me, so we we all owe Jerry a round of applause. And I am going to be back tomorrow with maybe a 10-minute video. I'm going to have the wheel, Jerry, the wheel of names. Wheel of names. We'll have the wheel of names pulled up. Um, We will spin the big prize wheel, and we will see what happens. We'll see who gets the Scott Fishbowl giveaway. i got to get that to Scott by end of the week so we want to make sure we get the Scott Fishbowl giveaway uh, if you want to uh, we, we'll, we'll let it slide if uh, you get over there in the next 24 you go to YouTube you find the video I posted last Thursday night you find it you simply give the video a thumbs up type SFB 12 in the comments and we'll put you in the prize wheel tomorrow we'll spin it and uh, we'll get someone in Scott Fishbowl Jerry what do you think listen whoever it is
2: it's gonna be one of you. You're gonna love it because the entire community comes together, and it's really the only time. Like the Fantasy Football Expo, you get a lot of us together, a lot of degenerates. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of bo and psychopaths that mix there. I'm just kidding. It's a good time, but nothing like the Scott Fishbowl. Scott Fishbowl is big stars, little people. We're all in a group. We're all having fun. There's twelve thousand chats.
0: You know what the theme is
2: this year? You know what it is? Or the division? I, I,
0: I do not. I've yeah, not heard. Yeah, I don't either. I, uh, top secret, Jerry. Top yeah, secret. Okay, okay. I didn't know. Uh, no, but enough. the winner the, the won't be. So come back tomorrow. Okay. I'll, I'll do a bonus pod. I'll release the, th- the pod on Thursday. You'll get it early on Wednesday. But I uh, want to thank everybody for tuning into the chat, jumping in there. It was a huge chat night. A lot of great stuff. Over at YouTube, uh, just go to... This pretty much everywhere but TikTok. Jerry, I can't even get the young guy on the team. I can't even get Dallas to do TikTok. What Uh, is it like? Why why is TikTok social media herpes and why are we all avoiding it? Well, I think it's just because we're old. I think we're too old for it. That's our problem. Well, I'm I'm not too
2: old that and let me let me just now I'm gonna act old. Everything I see on TikTok that gets shared on Twitter, I think is stupid and pointless, which is this is definitely my version of Clint Eastwood telling people to get off his lawn with a gun. I just, I, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, you made a fantasy football video for a third grader. That's awesome. I And they're pointing to stuff that's on the screen. Like, which running backs do you hate? And then they just, they point to a, a text of Miles Sanders or this and that, and I just, awesome,
0: awesome. And today's <laughs> today's number of the day is number one. It is that, and the weird computer-like generated voice. Like the the, yeah, it sounds yeah. it, it sounds female. It could be male. I don't know. Like my, my ears hear female. Maybe yours hear hear male or some other. I don't know. I I I get that. I don't get it. And I believe it was Socrates that said, "A man who knows what he doesn't know knows a lot." And I know that I don't get TikTok, but you can find me and Jerry and the show everywhere else. Social media. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you name it. Search at Dynasty Warzone. You'll find the show. Um, leave us a five-star review. Great way to support the show. Uh, if you want to support us in other ways, you can head over to Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone or Hate Brand Goods. That's H-V-I-I-I. Um, the app The app is pretty much the way that I've been doing it. I used to go to the .com, dot com. You just find the app. They had a couple of exclusive short releases last week, app exclusives. They were pretty cool. And uh, Dr. Kyle texted me from one of his many. Right now, Dr. Kyle, he'll be back in the fall for some of the gambling and redraft content we're going to do this fall. But he he did manage to text me from one of his many, many vacations and said, uh, not many as in like M-I-N-I, many like small. I mean many as in M-A-N-Y, many as in an abundance of vacations, to text me and let me know that he got both app exclusives, and you can do the same. Go Just search HVII on the Apple or Google Play app stores. Download the app. Use promo code MEMPHIS at checkout. It helps the show, and it uh, it helps Jerry and I, but uh, Jerry, I think it's time to get out of here. I think so. Are you going to come back tomorrow? Are you going to watch me do the Wheel of Names? Maybe I'll bring you back it depends when we do it because Jerry,
2: Jerry has a long day tomorrow. I had so, so, I had today off and I had yesterday off, so I have to cram all of my hours into the next four
0: days. So it depends and, when you do it. And he's he's trying to get moved, so it'll probably just be me. It'll probably be a ten minute video, but tomorrow night I will be doing the Wheel O Names, and we'll be doing a Scott Fishbowl giveaway. But that guy's name is Jerry Sinclair. He's one of the good ones. You want to follow him on Twitter at jerry sin dwz you can follow me at dwz memphis again the show everywhere but tiktok at dynasty warzone and on behalf of jerry i am memphis thanks for tuning in have a great week and remember here at the dwz we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football have a good week guys talk to you later he peace
1: said out. peace out real quiet he said it real quiet tell us a little bit about hate
3: brand when did that start and uh how are things going with it Things are good, man. Uh, that started in October of 2014. So now, give or take seven years into doing whatever this thing is, and um, that's apparel company I started then, and wanted to start making some clothes that I wanted to wear is really where it started. It start, and, uh, did it start more with you writing something first? Like, yeah, you, like yeah. uh, was it like an ebook or something that you put out? Or yeah, it's a uh, it's a book, and then we made an ebook. So I wrote a book in 2010 of uh how to train for the highland games it's called training lab and one of the sections i wrote about in the book is called the hate and this was just this kind of personal philosophy i had that my brother and i had spoke about um just with athletes that we admired and it was these guys that just you know still on top still still willing to do the work to get better that it seemed their concern was always about them getting better to their standard and not about what had to do with anyone else so they didn't hate other it was people this idea that you, you see those guys get up in the morning on like 4 a.m and it's yo that dude hates himself more than me that guy's willing to put in the work he's willing to do it and so from that point on it was about like i'm all right with getting beaten by someone better than me but i'm not willing to be outworked when we add up all those inches that's gonna make the fucking difference between winning and losing a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.